This is the Podcast Inc. production. Booyah! This is the moment podcasting fans listening around the world have been waiting for. Coming to you not so live from a listening device of your choice. It's time! Podcasting out of this corner, a mixed martial talker, holding no professional record. He stands at six feet one and one half inches tall, weighing in at whatever he feels like, hailing out of Toronto, Ontario, Canada, presenting the sometimes angry, always funny, Self-proclaimed podcasting champion of the world, Steve Fingerstiles! So, welcome to another edition of the podcast. I am here once again, always again, and brought to you by First World Collectibles, if you're into nerd culture, if you're into science sports memorabilia, if you're into wrestling memorabilia, please visit firstworld.ca. Use promo code THEPODCAST20. They ship worldwide. They got everything from signed comic books, old comic books, recent comic books, sports memorabilia, like I mentioned, wrestling memorabilia, doesn't matter. Whatever you want, they have it there. Best thing is they update daily. So visit them at firstrow.ca. If you're into video games and books, please visit BossFightBooks.com today for great books on classic video games. You'll find titles like Galaga, Metal Gear Solid, World of Warcraft, and so many others. Everything you see on their website is available in paperback and ebook format, so please check them out at BossFightBooks.com. And if you're looking for the best supplements and CBD products on the market, look no further and visit LegacySubs.com and use promo code THEPODCAST to receive 10% off. They have everything from sleep aid to muscle building, anything that makes you feel better. It's not only for athletes, it's for your everyday blue-collar worker, or even if you work in an office, it doesn't matter. If you want to feel great, please visit Legacy Sports Nutrition at LegacySubs.com. And if you want to support me directly, you can visit my merchandise store at tpublic.com or scroll down on today's device. You're listening to on, it's embedded right there in the description. Click on that link, it takes you right to the merchandise store. I got everything from hoodies to t-shirts to onesies. Anything you literally need or want, it is there. But the most important thing, the easiest thing, the freest thing that you could do to support the podcast is rate, subscribe, review on all major platforms, most specifically Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. So this week's guest covers all sorts of entertainment from video games to tech and anything in between whatever that may be, but just stuff in between that, I guess. You might remember him from EP Daily and Reviews on the Run. Welcome back, Steve Tilly. Hey, Steve. It's good to be back. It's like every, what is it, every three or four months? Something like that. On? Close enough. Yeah. Four times a yeah. year. I, we'll leave it at that. I mark it on my calendar. I look forward to it. It's like, you know, it's like Christmas. It's like, you know, <laughs> Thanksgiving. It's like a holiday every year. It's something I look forward to. Oh, that's hilarious. Yes. And you know what? I love these shows too. Again, I say it all the time because you get to talk about video games. You get to talk about TV. You get to talk about movies. I really don't review stuff because I'm not a like a trained reviewer. Is there a school to go to in order to be a, a proper reviewer? 
No, man, I don't think there is. There's, there's, I, I have a, like, my background is, is journalism. I actually right. have a, went to journalism school and then okay. worked at newspapers for many years. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, no, to, to like review stuff, I think you just got to be, have a passion for it and be good at either, you know, writing or talking, whatever, whatever you decide to do. And then, you know, try and find an audience. That's all you need. Ain't no school. Ain't no school needed for that. Yeah, but you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if they do offer some kind of course like that. Like to be a, a, a YouTube reviewer do, yeah. or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? You never know. Yeah. <laughs> Back like in the days of, uh, you know, writing on stone tablets when I was in school. Oh my God. They had offered something, they had offered something like that. I would have taken that in a heartbeat, man. Yeah. I know. Can you but imagine? Instead, uh, I learned like old school newspaper stuff. Like the technology we learned in our classes are... are journalism or newspaper classes literally doesn't exist anymore like the 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 way you would print photos and stuff in newspapers it's not done that way anymore so all the stuff i learned back in in journalism school completely obsolete now but i learned how to be a reporter don't really use that as much anymore either but it was good times anyway i I have no regrets you know what's funny we're so old that our form of media back in the day to consume it with dirty our hands. Now it's all clean. You never have to wash <laughs> your hands. Right. Like using a pencil, you know, a newspaper, like you said. Like who uses any of that stuff anymore? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Kids are spoiled. It's <laughs> no wonder there's a, a pandemic going on because everyone's immune system so low. <laughs> That's exactly it. You're not handling dirty newsprint anymore. Oh my god. Okay. Well, we don't really review shit. We talk about it. We, we yeah. voice our opinions. You know, we're we're a little bit behind because, like we say, we both have lives. We're not all into the every form of media, obviously. But let's start off with some TV then. Let's go a little bit back. You know, we're both Star Wars fans. What do you think about Boba yeah. Fett? Look at Boba Fett. Well, you know that that it caught a lot of hate online, from what I was reading. A I, little bit. I kind of yeah. watched it. Yeah, I watched it with no real kind of expectations or okay. you know preconceptions. Um, like I kind of agree. One of the main complaints I heard about that show is because they used the actor who played uh, you know uh, Jango Fett, the clone, big clone daddy, yeah. in the the prequels. Um, he was older, like the guy's like 60 or something. Um, exactly. Uh, Tamara Morrison or whatever his name is. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, like, I don't think that that didn't really make sense in the timeline. Like, like, like Book of Boba Fett's taking place, I think five years after uh, Return of the Jedi. And I mean, not that we ever saw Boba Fett's face in True. You know, Empire or Jedi, but he looked like, you know, he looked and moved and, and had the girth of a somewhat younger man in those movies. So, <laughs> But I'll, but that being said, I think I think he's a great actor, and I really liked the you know what he brought to the role. I, I dug it. You know, I didn't I didn't like it as much as I liked the Mandalorian, and it's kind of yeah, funny how I think the two episodes I liked the most yep. were the two that were mainly Mandalorian focused, right? It's right. Like, oh shit! Now it's just the Mandalorian. Like season three has begun in the middle of the Book of Boba Fett. But um, yeah, you know, as, I think. Boba Fett's such an iconic character. Maybe they could have done more than just like an origin story with him. I would like to have seen maybe a little more of what happened to him in the years between um, uh, Jedi and, and, and when the series is set. But uh, I do like the way they're tying in all these series, tying the Mandalorian and Boba Fett together. And then they'll tie it in with the, the Ahsoka series. And, and you know, it's kind of cool. They're like building this, this star Wars televisionatic universe kind of thing and yeah yeah, i'm digging it did you like it what did you think of it no i really enjoyed it and same thing that that you said like at first i was really enjoying it but then as soon as the mandalorian hit and we got to see him again it's like oh my god and then you got to see baby yoda again and then obviously you saw the jedi training that was pretty cool (laughs) and it's like now it's not even about boba fett anymore it's like what's going on here right but 
I understand why they did it, and it's like, I do you think there's going to be more of the book of Boba Fett, or do you think that's it? It's one and done. Um, I think Boba Fett will come back. I don't know. I don't know if there'll be another season, like because they've got Mandalorian season three and Ahsoka coming up next, um, and Obi Wan. Right. Like, the trailer for Obi Wan looked really. I wasn't really that interested in Obi Wan series, but in the, the the preview trailer they just released the other day from from when we're talking right now, mm-hmm. showing like. Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan watching young Luke on, uh, you know, on the farm there. Oh, shit. Okay. The use of the Duel of Fates song from from uh, uh, Phantom Menace. And, oh, mm-hmm. man, like, it got my blood pumping. Like, I am now way more stoked for the Obi-Wan series than I okay. was before. And I think it might even be, like, you know, it could be better than Book of Boba Fett from the looks of it. I just, you know, I kind of like what they're doing. They haven't, they haven't really messed anything up yet. Um, I like that we're getting our Star Wars through these... Disney Plus TV shows now rather than the, you know, the movies. And, um, yeah, so, yeah, but it really, uh, I did feel kind of bad that everybody was so, like, excited to see The Mandalorian in Boba Fett and excited to see Baby Yoda. And, man, whatever, whatever like, CGI they were using to make Luke Skywalker, right? it's, like, way better, like, than it was when he appeared in The <laughs> Mandalorian than his Mandalorian season two. It's like, oh, man, this looks like... More like a human being, unless like some kind of weird, you know, computer dude. But yeah, it's just it's just kind of too, not too bad, but it's just kind of funny how all the really exciting moments from the Book of Boba Fett were all about the Mandalorian and Baby Yoda and Luke Skywalker. Is there any and not Boba Fett? Uh, well, yeah, of course. But is there any like other characters or any time period that you want to see made into a TV series in the world of Star Wars? Like, I'm not. I'm not. Um, like I'm not, I've never been deeply into the Star Wars kind of uh, back lore. Like I never read a lot of the novels or a lot of the stuff that's now called uh, Legends because it's not canon in the, the current Star Wars universe. I read a lot of the comics, but uh, the older comics, but um, never read a lot of the books. So even, um, and I haven't even watched, like I haven't watched all of Clone Wars or all of Rebels either. So okay. uh, some, of, some of these kind of uh, characters that are really familiar to big fans of the series, like, like General Thrawn and and uh, Cade, who showed up in um, Boba Fett, like they, uh, I didn't actually know who they were. <laughs> like, like I, I knew sure. them, I knew sort of the names and, and kind of uh, the, the, the references have been made. But yeah, so the, the thing I, I guess I would kind of like to see is, and I think I don't know if I remember that this is in the works or not, but okay. I like to see Star Wars stuff that's kind of um, uh, set during the. The Knights of the Old Republic era, like uh, like the old Bioware games, um, like that's thousands of years prior yeah, to the events of, exactly. of Star Wars. That'd be kind of cool. But I'd also like to see more stuff. And this is what looks like it could be at least part of Obi Wan. Okay. It's more stuff, kind of like like street level Coruscant stuff, like kind of like the gritty underbelly mm, of the Star Wars universe. Sure. There was going to be that game, a video game, Star Wars thirteen thirteen, that was going to be set in kind of the underbelly of the Star Wars universe that okay. got canceled, and just from the, I mean, we've only seen the, the preview trailer for Obi-Wan, but there's clearly mm-hmm. scenes taking place in, I'm guessing it's Coruscant or maybe some other kind of big city, but like, you know, like kind of neon and Blade runner kind of stuff in the Star Wars universe. That gets me really excited. So that's, again, I, uh, Obi-Wan, I'm thinking, yeah, okay, it's, I, I like you and McGregor. I like what he did with Obi-Wan. I don't of really course. need to see an Obi-Wan series, but yeah, now from the taste they've given us so far, um, that's what I'm, that's kind of what I'm most stoked about Star Wars wise. Yeah, no, I, I don't blame you. For me, it would have to be probably anything to do with Darth Vader. 
because he's like the iconic one like you know like yeah i know it's played out and everyone knows the story and everything but there's still parts in there that we don't know or i'm sure it probably came out in book form because i'm not too versed with the books right but i want to see that play out like what happened like as soon as he became darth vader until he found luke skywalker like that whole time period in between right yeah Exactly, yeah, and some of the comics have really gone into that, and I think we are going to see some of that in Obi-Wan, because I know they've said that, um, uh, what's his name, Canadian dude, um, Hayden Christensen, I know oh. they said he's coming back to play Vader, right. right, like he's no longer Anakin Skywalker after right, the right. end of the the, okay. the the prequel trilogy, he is Darth Vader, so in some form or another, that's probably going to be what they saved to like the second last or last episode of the Obi-Wan series, but I, I'm guessing we're going to see, we are actually going to see Darth Vader appear i guess on the small screen for the first time i think so right yeah like he's he's popped up in the animated series but i think in terms of live action small screen this will be the first time we see darth vader so that could be kind of cool that could be kind of cool yeah no for sure for sure exactly how about let's shift a little bit go to the superhero genre dc peacemaker (laughs) how did you enjoy this i'm interested because it's i think it's one of those shows it's either you're all in or you're all out I I could not been a more all in. Okay, me too. Like, that is <laughs> one of my favorite shows of the last several years. Like oh, and again, okay. I went into that. You know, I, I really liked uh, Suicide Squad. I liked James Gunn as a writer, a director. So I really liked sure. Suicide Squad. Okay, you know, okay. Peacemaker is just like one of an ensemble in that movie, and he is like a complete asshole. Like he's like the dick. He's like one of the villains in the Suicide Squad. Yeah. So I'm like, well, how are they going to make a series of this guy? Because he's we don't like him. Like we're he, he basically killed the hero of the movie in, in the movie. Yeah. So we don't like him, but oh man, like they, 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 they took that character and kind of explained his backstory. And he had this like really great arc through the whole series, but it was also so funny. Like I laughed my ass off more times watching that show than, than you know, any other, you know, show in like the the superhero or you know any other kind of genre show and john john cena he's a good actor man like he's he's done some funny movies over the years like i really liked him he had a small role in um train wreck which i really liked and i really liked him in a a movie called uh uh, cock blockers or blockers i remember what it's called he plays the dad of one of the girls he's like trying to lose her virginity and um hey he's funny man like he's good like i know i know the rock has kind of set the precedent for wrestlers going to you know, become actors, but man, John, John Cena, he can, you know, he's, he's got some, some comedy acting chops and man, that show is just funny as hell and really well done and a cool story. Like I like the whole, you know, the whole kind of alien invasion, aliens taking over people's stories. So yeah, I dug it. What did, what did you think? It sounds like you liked it too. Well, I really enjoyed it. And uh, before we go any further, right off the bat, I was going to ask you regardless, out of these three wrestlers, who is the best actor, The Rock, John Cena or Batista? Oh man, that is tough. That right? is tough. Okay, um, like The Rock has so much charisma, but I think he has more charisma than actual acting talent. Maybe although that makes sense. You go back to you go back to a movie like like the such the movies does now, like some stuff like The Jungle Cruise and all these kind of like special sure. effects movies. Basically, that he does. I don't think it really showcases him naturally. I, I really liked him in the rundown. Um, do you remember that movie with of the, course. I think it's called rundown with, uh, Sean William Scott. Yeah. And like the whole scene where he goes into the bar and he's like taking on the NFL guys. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like I, I liked, uh, like the rock is good. Batista 
uh, he's come a long way. Like I, I have actually interviewed Batista a couple times um, for movie stuff, not okay. for wrestling stuff, but for right, right. I, I did set visits for both Guardians One and Guardians oh, Two, there you go. Okay. and interviewed the cast, including Batista, and he right. was so serious about transitioning into um, acting. Like he just. He really, really, really wanted to make it work, and he really took it seriously. And he really took the role of Drax super seriously, and then he played a small role in um, uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine as uh, yes. one of the replicants, the, the first one that that K encounters. And he was so good, and that gets a small part, but he was so good in that. And he's been a Bond villain. So Batista's good. Oh man, that is tough because each of the three of them kind of excel at different things. Like like John Cena's uh, thing, he excels at his comedy. Like he's funny. Yeah. He brings like a physical, his physical presence, but also he's got this really great comedic timing. And that is so on display in Peacemaker. Like, Oh shit. I laughed so much at that show that, uh, yeah. So, oh man, it's hard. I love all three of those guys for different reasons. I don't think I could pick one of them as like the superior actor above the other two. Well, since we're talking about Peacemaker, I'll just say John Cena because yeah, I, I'm the same way with you. It, it's true. They're all then that's why I I chose those specific three because you could have thrown in people like I don't know Hulk Hogan. He, at one point he was a mm. you know, but he could yeah. act. It was more for his muscles, like you know. But these three, it's true. They all have their own certain lane. But yeah, I love the Peacemaker, like you said, laughing the whole friggin' time because everything came out of left field. That's what made the show exactly. so great. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's what I found. That's good. That's kind of James Gunn's trademark because you never know what the hell he's going to come up with. Some fucking bizarre shit. Like, even the Suicide Squad, like the, the whole starfish kaiju thing. Like, what the <laughs> hell? What, what am I watching now? What is happening here? And again, in Suicide Squad, obviously, massive spoilers if you haven't seen it. But the fact that they eliminate half the cast in the first 10 minutes of that movie, right? Like the whole, you think like, you know, Pete Davidson and all these other, sure. you, know, you know, you know, big names yeah. are going to be in the movie and they all get wiped out in the first 10 minutes. So you never know what's going to happen with the James Gunn stuff. And the thing I like about Peacemaker too is it was super funny, but there were times I was getting a little, you know, not necessarily choked up, but I was feeling feelings, you know, he's good at, at bringing out the drama and like kind of touching moments and, and the way all those characters kind of formed bonds together. They're all these, like these yeah. misfits, like the, the peacemaker and the, the, um, uh, Waller's group. And, um, like they're all kind of misfits that find a family amongst each other. And I really liked that about it. I'm, I'm like so stoked for season two. Plus peacemaker has what is, by far one of the okay. best opening credit sequences of any I was going to bring that up too if you actually enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, the dance number. That's, I never skipped it. I watched that whole thing. Oh my God. 10 episodes. I watched that whole dance number all the way through because it was so great. Oh, that's awesome. And yeah, and even going back to where it made you feel stuff, it's true. Like, for people out there, like, again, spoilers, too bad. He ends up killing his father, the White Dragon. And if you have father issues, it touches you because you're like, holy shit, like I could see myself doing something like this for the greater of good. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like... Don't, don't, don't tell your dad that you might kill him. It's okay. He doesn't, he, he doesn't listen to the show. He <laughs> <laughs> barely knows I exist, so it's all good. No, no worries. <laughs> but yeah, like, like you said, stuff like that. And then even how like everything to, with the whole alien invasion and everything. And I think it was the line, something like uh, how we see minor inconveniences as an attack on our freedom, especially during a pandemic that like come on out so much right yeah, that felt like it could have been could have been written about or during maybe it was written about during the pandemic but I yeah so. like that, that line jumped out to me too and it's like isn't that so true that people just see you know anything that's i mean i don't want to get too much into the politics but i just feel right, like of course 
there are people who have lived lives that are so, you know, honestly kind of soft and easy that they see any kind of inconvenience as like, you know, um, tyranny. You know, yep. I have to, somebody's wearing, <laughs> asking me to wear a mask in their private business. Oh, tyranny, tyranny. You know, we're, we're, I have to have a vaccine to go to a restaurant for, you know, this period of time. Oh, man, it's it's a dictatorship. Like, really? Right. Like, get your fucking head out of your ass, man. It's it's these are inconveniences that we had to endure. You want to you want to see tyranny? Go like go to Ukraine now. That's tyranny. That's people getting blown up when they haven't done a goddamn thing and that is a you know I, again <laughs> i don't want to go on a rant about this but that is a that is a dictatorial regime imposing itself on people's freedoms that's what that looks like being asked to wear a piece of cloth in your face for the, the five minutes you go into friggin' loblaws that is not tyranny anyway End of my rant. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. Trust me. Trust me. I, I love it. I, I, sentiments are exactly the same, my friend. Exactly. But yeah, I don't know what else we could say about the show other than, yeah, looking forward to season two. But again, and like you said, the cast, the ensemble, like uh, his sidekicks, you had v- Vigilante, which was great. You have Eagly, which was great. And, like, <laughs> Eagly just steals the show. Like, you know I, what I mean? Like, especially when he hugs <laughs> Cena again, another moment, you're like, oh, we've all had pets. And we're like, oh, we all wish our pets would hug us like that, right? Yeah. Oh man, Eagly is so good. It's so good. So yeah, if people haven't watched it, do yourself a favor. I know DC gets bad rap and whatever, but you know what? If this is the start of the turn, I'm I'm in. I'm all in. Yeah. And it seems to be. I mean, I don't want to because probably some people haven't watched it, but the the cameo that happens in the last episode kind of seems to plug into the greater DC universe. And the fact too that they (laughs) go through the whole. Another thing I love about Beastmaker is the way they shit talk the other superheroes. You know, like, oh, Aquaman, you know, fucks fish, and, you know, <laughs> yes, Superman's, I love that. Superman's a douchebag, and Batman's a psycho, and all, like, all this <laughs> stuff that they just, you know, just, like, the, the make so many references to other members of the, you know, the, the DC universe, and it's all, like, bad stuff, right? It's all, like, them shit-talking to their heroes, which I thought was hilarious. Well, you never know. You might end up seeing Peacemaker in one of, like, the blockbuster films eventually, right? That would be awesome, you know? That would be I kinda think like, so. You know, yeah. Why not? That w- that would be great. So, other than that, what else have you been consuming? What else have you enjoyed quickly? TV wise, are we talking about TV wise? Yeah, of course. Um, not much else, man. I, I've watched. Uh, I've, I've gone back. I just randomly because okay. Spotify suggested to me randomly started listening to the uh, "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia" podcast. Oh shit! Okay, and um, and it made me want to go back and start rewatching the show from the beginning. So I'm beginning like. The, beginning of my 15 16 season oh, trek through wow. it's always sunny from the very beginning because it's kind of cool because of the, the, the podcast they started doing it uh last know, last fall last, last winter i think they started okay. doing it and um they're sort of doing one episode at a time so i read listened to the first few episodes they're talking about and it's uh, it's a charlie day uh, uh rob mckellen and me and glenn howard it's the three of them just talking amongst themselves about the show and their lives and stuff. And they're funny guys. Those three are funny guys, but like, it's like, Oh man, I got to watch it. It's always sunny again. So that's, that's other than peacemaker and the, uh, you know, book of Boba Fett and stuff like that. That's what I've been watching. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, myself, uh, you know, the usual stuff that everyone's been watching, like euphoria, everyone talks about that succession. I'm caught up with that now. And it's like the one thing, okay, well, I know you haven't watched them and I don't want to spoil anything, but other than it's, I find everything on TV now, is depressing every character sucks you don't like anyone you wish everyone would die and it's like i don't know if it's because of the newer generation and that's how their mentality sort of is 
But it's like these shows, it's like I don't like I understand the like the hook to get into it, but then to stay there, it's like, oh, it, it it's tough, man. It's tough. <laughs> well, I want to ask you about like I've heard nothing but good things about both those shows, but Euphoria, it's like like kind of a correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't know too much, but is it like a kind of a dark teen drama thing? Or yeah, exactly. It's about teenagers, about young people. Yeah, yeah. So that sounds both kind of like. I go, the question I have for you is: A, can you relate to it? Like, is it stuff that you actually like? You care about these characters, and and is it is it good? Like, is it not really? Because it's such a different time period, and what the kids are doing now versus what we did as kids, it's totally different. So that's why yeah. I can't relate. Other than I guess the bonds they form with each other, you know what I mean? And like, I wasn't doing drugs like that level at, at age fourteen and fifteen, like you know what I mean, or whatever they are. I think they're sixteen and seventeen on that show. But it's like, no, I like I, I don't know. But I still want to watch it and see what happens to these people because it's okay. weird. Like you okay. know, like the same thing with, with Succession. It's like it's a horrible family, but and you don't want anyone to win, but you want to see what happens next. <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah, and shows like that can be good. You know, shows like dark shows where you want to see how the story plays out. Those well, it's true because I, I and I also finished watching Dexter as well, and I think that's why. So I, it's like I went from Dexter to Succession to uh, Euphoria yeah. now, and it's like oh, the last three, it's like oh, this is pretty tough to, to to get through. And maybe that's why. Maybe I'm just oversaturated with it at this point. You gotta you gotta inject some like cartoons in there or something. Well, <laughs> speaking something of going back and watching stuff, I started doing the the Simpsons catalog. I'm up to season oh, six wow. now. So I'm, I'm going to do it all because I fell off at around season 15 or so. So I don't know what's been going on in the past 15 years with The Simpsons, but nothing, nothing good try. for the most part. <laughs> really? I think you got, I think you got out of The Simpsons right at the right moment. Okay, you know, you okay. kind of got out at the peak of The Simpsons. Um, it's uh, and like I haven't, I haven't. Sorry, I shouldn't comment like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> sure. I've only watched episodes here and there over the last you know 10 years, but okay. the, the general consensus seems to be that the show is just kind of it plateaued. Somewhere, you know, that in the teen seasons, and then it's kind of sure. steadily declined since then. But I don't know, man. You watch the whole thing again, and then by the next time we talk, you should be done. I got Terry Simpson's rewatch, and then you got to tell me what you thought of the last, uh, you know, the last fifteen or whatever his seasons. Well, from where I'm at now, I've I've noticed a transition from when it went the main character was Bart to now it's Homer. And Homer's the the focal point. Like everything he does is fantastic. It's all about him now. And like, you know what I mean. So I I'm seeing that transition. Yeah. And then I think maybe that's why I fell off. Because then I don't know what ended up happening after. It wasn't really about uh, Homer anymore. Maybe it was about all the characters. I don't know what ended up happening. But yeah, I I just I had enough. Know. But we'll see if I can get through it. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll give you an update. I'll let you know what season. So what am I? What did I say now? I'm on season six. So we'll see where I'm at next. Okay. Okay. What about, mo- what about movie-wise? Stuff's been opening up here in Ontario. Or for people who don't yeah. know, in the States, our theater has been closed most of during the pandemic. So, uh, okay, I, got, I got a bitch about something. <laughs> go, go, another I'm, rant. Rant number I'm two. So, I'm so pissed off about Spider-Man No Way Home because okay. I didn't see it before theater shut down, right? And then we had the span of several weeks when right. you, could not, you literally could not go to the movies. Yep. And there was, no, there was no way to watch it online. Like, there was no... Uh, uh, you know, on demand way to rent it. There was no way yep. unless you like downloaded a, you know, like a camcorder handy cam. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Copy of it. There was literally no way to watch it. So by the time I finally, by the time things opened up and I finally did get to see it, 
every single surprise in that movie had been spoiled. And that was me was it? actively avoiding spoilers. Like, I didn't watch the trailers. I watched the first trailer. Didn't watch the trailers. I, I like, I, I muted Spider-Man on my Google News alerts. Yeah. But just shit would pop up. And I'm going to... Yeah, let's make it clear. We're going to talk about Spider-Man No Way Home spoilers now. Yeah, okay? of course. So if you haven't seen that... Too bad. And you've, and you've managed to remain unspoiled, <laughs> then, you know, just peace out for a bit. But stuff like... Um, like I remember leading up to it last year or so, Andrew Garfield flatly denied that he was going to be in it. He said, no, you know, Toby McGuire said no, but Andrew Garfield was like, absolutely not. Stop asking me this. I'm not being, <laughs> sure. not being Spider-Man again. So, you know, even though the fact I'm, I'm ignoring any news as to Spider-Man, I'll see like general entertainment news headlines pop up on my feed. And one of them was like, Andrew Garfield was, uh, um, you know, gaslighting us for the past year. I'm like, Oh, well, I know immediately what that's about now. Like, what would Andrew Garfield be lying about for the last year? Well, now uh, I know he's going to be in the fucking movie, right? Gotcha, yeah, so yeah. I just found, like, so much of that movie depended on the nostalgia of the old villains and the old characters that had I, if I, had I gone to that movie on day one knowing nothing about it, I would have, like, my mind would have been blown. But I went into it knowing it. Every character, basically, who was going to be in it. There's one or two moments I didn't know were going to happen. And I did not know how it was going to end the way it ended. But, um, yeah, so all the surprises were ruined. And and I had still enjoyed it, but I didn't love it because of that. You know, I just felt like so much of that movie was heavy on, leaned so much on the novelty of having the old villains, the old characters in it. Sure. That it's like it's Spider-Man. There's still a million good stories you can tell about Spider-Man. But I also do recognize that. They had to find a way, essentially, because I think after this, the rights revert back to Sony. So they had to find a way to essentially take Spider-Man out of the MCU, right? So That makes sense. Again, spoilers for the movie, but the fact that now nobody in the MCU knows who he is. about Spider-Man, yeah, yeah or, or knows, knows who Peter Parker is, yeah, knows yeah. that Peter Parker is Spider-Man, basically resets Peter Parker, and now... You know, they can do a Spider-Man and a Venom movie or a Spider-Man and Craven or whatever. So Spider-Man is now free to kind of pop up on all the Sony movie properties. Most of which I think are going to suck and Morbius is going to (laughs) suck. I think so too. I I hate to say it. I didn't love the Valley. I thought Venom, I love Tom Hardy. So I thought the Venom movies were okay. Yeah. But, you know, I would really have rather that Tom Holland's Peter Parker stay in the MCU. And I, I think that he will be loaned back. Like, I think he'll still appear I'm sure in MCU will. movies. Yeah. But, um, you know, now, like, the Avengers don't know who he is anymore, right? They, they, that's kind of sad to me. Like, he was such a good friend to, to Tony Stark and yeah, know, such a good right? friend to, you know, all these guys and helped them so much during the, the Infinity um, Gauntlet saga thing. But yep. and now they don't know who he is anymore. They know, know there's some guy named Spider-Man, but they don't know. I think they, like, it. I can't remember now if they've only forgotten Peter Parker. They like, do they know that Spider-Man was a member of the Avengers? I don't, I've been watching these videos trying to explain. Well, that's the, and, and that's what I was going to ask you. Like, now. I know for sure that no one knows that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. But like how you said, right. do they still know that Spider-Man was part of the Avengers and was he involved right. in, or is he just completely wiped out? And starting from day one, now they're like, oh, who's this guy? Oh, he's he's our new yeah. superhero. So like like Flash Thompson wrote a book about him and you know his friendship with Spider-Man or his friendship with, you know, Peter That's Parker right. as Spider-Man. Does that book still physically exist in the universe or does it, does that all disappear? Like I, I've seen no concrete explanation as to whether it's a, like people read the book and then it immediately vanishes from their minds or 
actual copies of the book kind of vanish from the universe. I saw, I, I think I read that they were going to do something like sort of like a back to the future where, okay. um, what Michael J. Fox is trying to, you know, correct the timeline and, sure. and he's got that Polaroid of his oh, brother and sister yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're fading out as he, you know, as the, as the timeline gets more and more messed up and he's yeah. got to like bring them back in. So it's <laughs> like, all these, all this stuff that used to be about Spider-Man, is that kind of faded out of the timeline now? I, I don't know. It's, it's really confusing. Or maybe like you said, because they know the contract was up, they're leaving it all up in the air because then if they do re-up or do something different, they could all tie it again together, right? That's true. Like maybe maybe Sony will say, hey, you can have Spider-Man back whenever you want him. So now Dr. Strange will cast a remembering spell right? or something. They'll figure something out. I don't know. It's all, it's all kind of – I don't love the idea of like like alternate universes and time travel – it's hard. I don't, and it, it kind of it lowers the stakes. It's like if a character dies, uh, we'll just bring him over from an alternate universe. Yeah. We'll go back in time and bring him back. So you know, I don't love it. Um, I think it's been kind of overused, but I am still curious to see what happens with um, uh, the next Doctor Strange movie. The the yep. what's it called Multiverse of Madness. Mm-hmm. Kind of just see what they do with that, and and you know, there's talk of them bringing Professor X into that movie, and Ooh. I don't know. It's going to be weird. It's going to be weird. Yeah, it is going to be weird. And yeah, and if people didn't watch the complete ending, like most of the MCU universe, there was a little cameo with Venom. So I think, like you said, that's going to be the next step with Spider-Man yeah. is with, with Venom, right? And I, I'm, I'm going to call it that. Like I, again, I like Tom Hardy. Um, I think it would be cool to see Tom Holland's Spider-Man and Tom Hardy's Venom face each other or fight each other sure, or work with each other course. or whatever, whatever's going to happen. That would be cool. But um yeah, I just I think he's going to be. I really miss the fact that I'm really sad now that Peter Parker as Spider Man is no longer known to the the Avengers or the MCU. But who knows, man? It's all like you said. It's all the stuff happening behind the scenes between the studios. Depending how those negotiations go, right? Maybe he'll be back in some form. So, who's your favorite Spider Man then? Oh man, my favorite Spider Man is the animated one from from like the, the 60s and 70s. That the old school Spider Man cartoons done by the company that did like Rocket Robin Hood at the same time. Oh my god! Um, I used to watch this as a kid, and uh, I was like, the animation was so bad. It was animation. right. They would repeat like segments of animation over and over. But that's yeah. how I got to know Spider Man was watching that. It was yeah, terrible. I mean, it was ter- it was great but terrible. But that's the first time I knew who like Doctor Octopus was or Electro or yep. any of those guys. The first time I saw any of those guys through that old animated show. I'm talking like way pre the the '90s stuff and yeah. back in the, I think I think it was I think it might actually have been made in the '60s I or think the early so. '70s. It was ran for years and years. Yeah. yeah, the old stuff. But in terms of live action. Um, I liked I liked Andrew Garfield as Spider Man, but I didn't like him as Peter Parker because he's too cool. That dude oh. is too <laughs> I good see looking saying. and too cool sure. to be Peter Parker. Man, he's not a nerd. He's like a freaking. He'd be like the hottest, most sought after dude in school, you know. Uh, but I really liked his Spider Man, and um, you know, Tobey Maguire was a pretty good Peter Parker. Um, and I, I don't know. I honestly, I kind of like Tom Holland. You know, I he's getting a little overused like uh sure. i gotta ask you too if you saw uncharted we haven't talked about uncharted no no i yet. haven't seen it me neither have you seen it okay. no i'm hearing I'm, bad not, things and now i'm hesitant to watch it things. yeah I know. i'll wait till it comes out on one of the streaming services but um, yeah. i do think because because of how they treated spidey in the mcu i think i think probably that's my favorite live action spider-man 
Makes sense. Do you, do you have a favorite? Oh, I'm gonna have to go with Toby because I don't know. I love that original trilogy. Like every single yeah, one of them yeah. to me were, yeah. were were fantastic. As corny or as bad as it was, I because it was the actual first live action series that we got to yeah, saw. That was really exciting. And it like yeah. blew up. Like same thing with like the original Transformers movie. When I first saw that movie, even though it was a bit off, it still blew my mind as a Transformers fan from watching the cartoon. It's like, oh my god, this yeah. is real. Like I could physically touch them now. If like you, like you know, in in my brain. So so to speak, right? Yeah, no, and, and I think I still think Spider Man, Sam Raimi's Spider Man Two, the one where Doctor Octopus appears for the first time. Mm-hmm. I still think that is one of the best, if not the best, of all of the live action Spider Man movies. Like that was just I agree because they, they they done the origin story in the first movie, so he was established as a character. Yep. They brought in Doc Ock, one of these classic villains. The way they did Doc Ock was really cool, and Alfred Molina was was awesome and yeah that's still spider Raimi's spider-man 2 i think it's still kind of the at the top or near the top of all the spider-man movies do you think at this point any of these famous or popular superheroes now even deserve an origin story like how many times do we need to see how spider-man got bitten how many times do you have to see batman's parents getting shot like you know what i mean like yeah. we all know this already it, to me i i find it, it's a waste yeah i think that's kind of what they did with the first um uh spider-man homecoming homecoming yeah. Um, yeah, because they just they skipped over his origin story. Like we'd seen him, we'd seen him a little bit in um, Civil War. I think it was he first showed up, and yeah. So then they just talked about like there was this, this spider kid who was doing you know heroic stuff around Queens or whatever. But we never had to talk about his getting bit by a spider or whatever. Like I like that the fact that they skipped over that. And I agree. We don't need every time they reboot these heroes, we don't right? need to have the first movie be the origin story again. It is so ingrained. Now I have not seen the Batman yet. Have yeah. you seen I, three hours? I got to watch that in installments at home. I can't go to a theater for that. My bladder <laughs> won't hold. My bladder won't hold, man. And I'm not wearing a diaper. I saw a story uh, uh, that had um, elicited the two best parts in the movie to go to the bathroom. Oh, and one smart. Of them was like, yeah. Okay. It was like, one of them was after 45 minutes, another one okay. was like another 45 minutes after that. Sure. So when this character says this, go. go to That's the awesome. You're not, not going to miss anything for the, like, the next five minutes. <laughs> okay. But yeah, no, I, I haven't seen it, but I, I guess because it's like year two of uh, Batman's career. So I don't know. Do they okay. show his origin? Do they flash no, back no. to it? I don't even know. I just know there's a shitload of villains in it, and I'm I'm digging that yeah. part already because I, I, I that's the other thing I'm saying. And I know they have to stretch it out and whatever, but there's so many villains now. And look, for example, like in Peacemaker, no one knows any of these villains, and they were fantastic. So you could start creating new ones if need be. But I want to see a Batman where every single villain is in it to be warranted for me to watch three hours. Okay, so like, so what we got? What do we got in this? We got the Riddler and, and the Penguin. Are in the Batman, right? Are in the Batman. And you're like you. You want like Joker and Poison Ivy. Throw them all in there, Bane. <laughs> I don't give a shit, man. Bane would be good, yeah. Right? Yeah, I don't. If I think it'd be if like assuming the the new Batman series continues with with uh, um, Robert Pattinson, oh, it'll be interesting it to see if like how would how will they handle somebody like Mister Freeze? Because the last Mister Freeze I remember was Arnie. Yeah, in the, you know the, the old movies, and it was so corny. Like he was made to be corny, but he looked like a friggin' goof, all blue, and like in his armor, and dropping all those you know Arnie one-liners. How do you take how do you take like the wild characters like that and bring them into a more grounded Batman universe? That'd be kind because of, like with the Riddler and um, Penguin, like the Penguin's not 
hiding in a lair where there's actual penguins and going, wah, 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 wah. he's not doing right? that. The Riddler doesn't, doesn't have, you know, you know, a, a little, like, it's like the Jim Carrey Riddler from the old Batman movies compared to the, the, the oh, Paul Dano Riddler from the Batman. Like, like opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of like, you know, one was so flamboyant and wild and the other one's kind of like dark and, and weird. So it'll be interesting to see, especially the, oh God, I mean, you got to think they're going to bring the Joker Back oh, at some point they're gonna have to or well, unless that's the one thing they don't do because it is played out now at this point and because yeah, i think there's going to be yeah. a sequel to the joker if i'm not mistaken as well yeah no but does does the joker do the joker and the batman exist in the same universe though like i, got, I kind of got the impression they are joker's not part of the dc well but batman's not really part of the dcu because ben affleck's batman is part. and then and then of course we're gonna have the flash movie which has been delayed which sucks but the flash movie is gonna combine all these old Batman kind of like Spider-Man No Way Home brought the Spider-Man back. So I don't know, man, it's going to be wild to see how they juggle these timelines and, and figure out because the DC, the DC universe has got its own multiverse going on with the, the, the movies, you know, different, different movies taking place in different universes. And then all the, uh, the uh, CW TV shows, they That's all right. exist in kind of their own universe. And the show Gotham is in its own separate universe. Yep. So yeah, yeah, I forgot about Gotham. DC kind of needs to figure out what the hell their primary universe is and who actually still lives in that universe. And then figure out like, obviously um, Su- Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Flash, like the, all the characters from justice league. Yeah, yeah. Obviously that universe is, I guess the main cinematic universe and Aquaman two will come out of that and Shazam 2 will come out of that and Wonder Woman 3 or Flash 2 whatever but Flash 2 is going to go in and mix up the whole the whole DC multiverse so I don't know man it's hard to keep track of it's hard to keep it kind of reminds me of comic books to be honest like comic books with these heroes would start out really simple right but then they after decades or years or decades they had to find ways to reboot the characters and reboot the stories exactly and reboot the entire world and they did that like they did it with the new 52 in dc and they did it with like oh god so many times like the universes have ended and been restored and crossed over in both marvel and dc comics so it's kind of we're kind of at the point now where there's been so many superhero movies that they're trying to figure out ways to kind of reboot or cross over or mix the universes together and it's it's kind of a mess so it's going to be kind of interesting to see how the next two years go in terms of what heroes know each other and what worlds they live in and if they live in the same worlds yeah it's funny you say that because it's it's so true like even in like in the video game format as well you have so many batman video games right that's its own universe and then you have the telltale video games that's its own universe oh yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) and it's like i'm so confused with batman like there's so many renditions of the robin and what he spawned into and nightwing and this and that and then people coming in it's like what the and it's so true you get so confused and it's like who is right who is wrong or is it just now what whatever you want to think is what's batman's story (laughs) Yeah, like, I don't mind. If they, I don't mind. Actually, I really don't mind them saying, okay, Joker is its own standalone story, its own standalone universe. Like, like uh, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker will never meet Robert Pattinson's Batman. That's fine if that happens. Like, yeah. There are, yeah, I don't there are mind that universes, either. That's fine. And, like, the CW series can be their own thing. And I, I don't know if... I don't, can't remember if Titans takes place in, like, the CW universe. or if it's That's another universe. one. That's a great yeah, series, Titan, too. Titans and, and Doom Patrol, I think, are their own thing. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't mind that. Like, like there's... There's a million stories to tap in there. I don't mind if they don't have to all connect up. No. But in terms of the movies, I think they at least have to figure out which ones are connecting up. And and now, like, is Affleck in or out? Is does, does I would like, Batman doesn't done. take place? 
Yeah, like that. Like the Batman doesn't take, take place in the DCEU. I don't think so. I don't think because I he didn't know. even appear at the end of a Peacemaker. Uh, Peacemaker, right? Or did Who, he? Batman? Yeah, did he? Was he there? No, it was just everyone else except him. There. Okay. Well, spoiler. Again. Of course, <laughs> we, we, we already said spoilers. Too bad. He's there. He's there, and like, like. Uh, oh no, you're right. He's not there at all. Nothing. It's, it's Super, Superman and Wonder Woman are there in silhouette. Yes, and then, but then it's the actual actor Batman for the Flash, the and it's characters, yeah, right? and it's whatever. Yeah, you're right. Batman Momoa. doesn't appear there yeah. at all. No, right. Yeah. So that's why I'm thinking. Yeah. See, so I think he's done. Oh, oh shit! I just remembered. What? There was an interview with James Gunn. Okay. Where he had wanted Batman to be in that scene, oh. and DC said, said no. no, you can't because oh. there's stuff afoot. Like, so you can't have him there. So then so, there you go. Yeah, so maybe that relates to the Flashpoint movie and how they're going to mix up the Batman timelines or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe the Flash will just run so fast around him he turns into Robert Pattinson. There you go. Flash is actually all those heroes. He's just different from different universes. <laughs> oh, well, one more movie I want to touch on quickly before we, we get into video games. The Matrix Resurrection. Speaking of time and alternate universes, yeah. this one just, you got to go in there with like, you. first off, you got to understand the, the, the Matrix universe or else you're going to be completely lost. Yeah. Exactly. And second off, you have to suspend disbelief and be like, okay, I could see this sort of happening. Yeah, I, 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 um, I kind of mixed feelings about about Matrix Resurrections. Um, I liked the way they tied it into the previous movies. Like, I thought, I thought, how are they going to do this? Neo's dead. Trinity, I think that's dead. that was my mentality. Yeah, or Trinity's dead. Neo, we don't know. Um, how are they going to bring them back? And how are they going possibly going to connect it to the old movies? And then they kind of did, and they, yep. you know, they did it in a way that the Matrix had been rebooted and their physical forms survived and were taken into special pods. And, and, uh, you know, I, I kind of like to how in, <laughs> cause it's so, it's a mind fuck. It is how in the matrix of in the matrix resurrections, the matrix exists as a series of video games. Yes. I love like, that. With the same plots of the movies. Yeah. Yep. And so Neo works, the company making matrix video games, which is <laughs> kind of, kind of a, a creative way of doing it. But, um, Again, I, I found that, that movie leaned a little bit too much on kind of in-jokes and references to the previous movies yeah. rather than trying to be its its own thing. But I also felt like it was a, a pretty creative way of continuing the story. I, I enjoyed it. You know, I, I, you know, I love Keanu Reeves. He's one of the best human beings on the planet. I, I don't know if I need to see a whole bunch more movies with him as Neo or even as John Wick. Again, I like John Wick movies a lot. That's true. He's, he's getting up there, man. He's getting up there. He's like... He's probably around my age by now, Keanu Reeves. So, um, you know, just like I don't want to see Harrison Ford, like friggin' 99-year-old Harrison Ford in another Indiana Jones movie. Right. I don't necessarily need to see Keanu Reeves continuing on in Matrix movies. And uh, But I thought, yeah, for what it was, something very different from the first three movies, but still connected to it. I thought they did a, a you know a pretty okay job of it. Yeah, I, this is another a movie I have to watch like three times just to understand and wrap my head around. Like even the whole Morpheus part, I understand it, but I still don't because there's something in my brain that's like that doesn't make sense. That you can't do that. Like you know what I mean? But the way they describe it's like okay, but it can, and that's what you were saying. It's kind of like a mind fuck, and yeah, just. And again, it's a pure nostalgia. It's bringing, obviously, it's tapping to all the fanboys out there of, of the Matrix universe. And yeah, it, it's true. I went in more because, I again, this is another one where I went in completely cold. I did not see any trailers. I did not hear any reviews before going nothing. 
So I go in. Right. I'm, oh, and, nice. The first question I had in my head was, how are they going to do this? And then it starts off. I'm like, okay, this is what's going on. And then, and then, and the other thing I like too, it was, it was still a pretty long movie. I think clocked in at two and a half hours. It went by like this for me. And again, I don't know if it's because I love the matrix universe and it just felt like watching something old that's new again. Yeah. And that's, and that's what they wanted to do. I think and that's kind of, you know, and they, they, they changed the look. Um, like it wasn't all kind of, green tinted like the yep. old matrix movies it felt more like it was taking place like in the you know familiar real world yeah yeah um yeah i mean the, the, it, it's tough like they did they need to make a matrix for no they did not need to and it's kind of funny how in the movie they talk about because in the movie they're making the matrix Four video game right yeah. they're like they're like well we don't need to make it I'm like oh it's a cash grab you know warner brothers just wants to make money off it i'm like oh it's very self-aware yeah i kind of like how they address that right in the movie that making another sequel so many years later is kind of a cash grab but um yeah i don't know i if it if it doesn't spawn any sequels i'm okay with that this is just kind of a one-off i'm okay with that but, me too uh, i think so who knows who knows what it'll do well, I was, I was just going to say quickly, I know I brought this up before in a previous episode, I don't know if it was with yourself or someone else, where if there's a perfect way of rebooting or bringing back old series, and I think it's sort of like this, you have the main key characters of the old series, and then you have some new ones, and then eventually the new ones take over, so you're not yeah, left, yeah. Like, like, you know what I mean? Sort of like how Star Wars did it too, uh, yeah. when they came back, but I don't like a per se complete new story, new reboot, like Scream's another example, I actually watched Scream, that's another movie I watched. And it was the same thing. It was a reboot, but not really because it continued the story. I was I was shocked by how much I like Scream. Like I, I wasn't even intending to, to to see it or watch it, and um, and I went in. I'm like, oh shit, this is really like I, I like good, the right? kind of homage to the first Scream's opening with the, yeah. you know, the killer calling the house and the way they brought back the old characters. I like I watched that with no expectation. And, um, and I was like thoroughly entertained. I was like, this feels like a real con- con- continuation of Thank Scream you. 1, Scream 2. Yeah, I enjoyed it. And I think that's how they should bring back old series if they want to do it that yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, why not? Exactly. All right, my friends. So how about some video games? How are your thumbs feeling today? You've been playing a lot of video I, games I'm or what? Seriously cramped, man. And, but all because of one game. The only game I've been playing recently is okay. Horizon Forbidden West. And um, I am like 50, 60 hours deep in that Oh, game. shit. So I, okay, okay. I have like... I call it side quest OCD. I, I can't I'm the let same. side quest go. Me too. Touch. The problem I'm in with Forbidden West now okay. is my character's level, or my Aloy is level 50. That's the maximum level. Sure. And I'm only like about, I don't know, three quarters way through the story. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, so I go and do all these side quests, and yeah. I, and it's like I'll do a side quest, and it's like a long and bald thing. I got to find these three keys, and one's in like a sunken underwater vault, and Sure. One's guarded by all these monsters. So I get these three keys and I take them to this other vault and I unlock this weapon. And it's like, shit, I already bought this from a vendor <laughs> you know, three hours ago. Oh my God. I'm so far, I'm so deep into the West right now that the people there are selling these weapons that you were supposed to get around level 18. But at that point, I'm like level 36 or something. So yeah. doing these quests where the rewards are actually less than the equipment I'm already, I'm already carrying. But still, man, what a fantastic looking game. I just... Okay. Blows my mind. I'm playing on PS5. I'm looking sure. up to the PS5, and, and it just Fantastic. blows my mind how good that game looks. I can't even believe it. So, uh, and it's a real. It's a lot better than the first one, I assume. Then, no, no questions asked. Well, the first one looked amazing too. Like the first one really holds up, but um, there are moments in this game where I'm like, I just can't believe this is a video game that I'm playing. I can't believe this oh, that wow. I'm controlling these things that are moving on the screen right now. They just look so cinematic. The PS5, you can play in either. Um, 
performance mode or whatever the other one is, the, the, sure. uh, the resolution or, or yeah. frame rate. And I, I'm kind of a graphics whore, so I usually play in the, the, the better resolution mode. Okay. Um, it's just 30 frames per second. Uh, but then I tried it in 60 frames per second performance mode. The downgraded visuals is so slight you don't even notice it, but man, the, the constant locked in 60 frames per second is so buttery smooth. That I'm like, oh man, this is this is it. I'm not it's performance mode for me the rest of the way now. And I'm just I'm just loving it so much. The world is so inventive. The storyline, the storyline again is almost too complex for a game. It's right. It's got so much going on in it and so many characters that I can't keep track That's of. That's what I found of the first yeah. one. I got a bit lost. But then after towards the end, yeah. when it was just like like because I'm like you, that's the problem with me in video games nowadays. When it's such a big video game, I do all the side quests first and then I save the main story for last. Always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I always run into your same problem. I'm always like the last level that i could get to and i'm not even halfway through the game and it's like now everything yeah. is so easy where everyone's a, a one-shot kill t- type of thing right yeah exactly but, but then but then i get to... lost in the story because the beginning is this whole big intro and you find out everything and then i go on my side quest and then i meet and i'm like did i talk to this person before what I... <laughs> like why do i care about this person now it's like i get so lost <laughs> yeah you do so many side quests you're gonna forget what you were what you're putting there right? in the first place but I got to say, with Horizon Forbidden West, I do not want to spoil anything because this was a huge surprise to me. Okay, sure. Fair but enough. Um, if you're like, you know, if you're like Steve and Steve, and you you go in and you play a lot of side quests, there's a main story quest in Forbidden West called Gemini that's supposed to be level thirty. It's tech level thirty, okay. and one that immediately follows it called uh, The Wings of the Ten. Okay, I would say drive towards those story missions before doing a shitload of side quests because there's a game changing thing that happens at the end of Gemini and, 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 and the wings of the, can- the wings of the 10 quests that makes a lot of the side quests easier and just kind of changes the way you play the game. So don't be like me and get to level 50 before you do those <laughs> missions and then say, shit, I wish I'd done these missions like hours and hours ago. Cause what I'm doing now is so cool and unexpected. Now I have not watched a lot of trailers for forbidden West. I've okay. not read any reviews. Oh, so okay. this could be something that's actually spoken about a lot. And those, I don't sure. know, but it came to me as a huge surprise. I'm like, I did okay. not know this was something that you could do in this game. Oh, and wow. it just, man, there were side quests. I spent probably like 20 minutes doing that would have been much shorter if I had waited till later in the game. So anyway, you know what? I find that too, but that goes for, for any games. Like sometimes I go like, okay, for example, the one, one of the games I played while we were off was, was far cry six. And there's, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but there's, certain parts where instead of being able to fly around the whole island on your helicopter and sort of like cheat, they set up like rocket stations where they fire you. So you have to go to the base and take those out before you could fly anywhere. So there's one inside this remote, um, I guess, castle or something. And you can't really fly into it. And there's whatever. But then there's a certain way of doing it. And I it took me like, I don't know, 40 minutes maybe of trying to figure this out. and But I did it. Yeah. I felt so yeah. accomplished. And then there was a mission where that whole castle opened up where I could have just walked in and done it in like 10 minutes. <laughs> Isn't that always the way? That right? That happens to me in every fucking game too. Like I do everything the hard way. And then... <laughs> I hate when that shit happens. It's so yeah. frustrating because for me, it's more the time spent yeah. trying to figure it out. It's like, oh my God, I could have just done it. But it's yeah. my stubbornness. And again, being old school video game, it's like, no, this is here for a reason. I'm going to figure it out until I die. Yeah. Yeah, I got to say, I mean, the, the, the folks at Guerrilla Games really did amazing design on Forbidden West. And each side quest and each uh, story mission 
has an associated recommended level. Okay. And I would really recommend following, like when you get to level 16, start doing the level 16 quest. Sure. You get to level 20. So like there's so many side quests in, this, in that game. You're not going to miss out on anything by not doing it, you know, by, do, by doing them later. Sure. In fact, there's too many side quests. At this point, I've just stopped. If I see a green exclamation mark on the map showing a new side quest, I'm like, screw it. Whatever you're offering me, I don't need it. Whatever your problem is, I don't care anymore. <laughs> so I'm not doing that. But yeah, if you can, they have really laid out a kind of a good roadmap for the game based on your level and the level of the missions you should be doing. Okay. Like I said, when you get to level 30 or, you know, level 28 or level 26, if you're feeling confident, grind your way up to the Gemini quest. And then the, the quest that immediately follows it kind of immediately leads into it. And it, it, it opens stuff up in a way that, that makes the, the rest of the game really kind of interesting. I'll have to make note of that because, it, like I said, I'm exactly like you. And, yeah, even with Far Cry 6, it's such a massive game where if you just do straight – if you go straight through and just do, like, the story missions, you'll be finished like this. But because it's such a big map and there's – and, again, everyone who's familiar with the series knows there's bases to do here, that to take out there. Like, you know, there's so many little sub-quests that you could do. And in all honesty, I don't know about you, my favorite Far Cry of all time was Far Cry 3. And this one yes. ranks up there, <gasps> I think. Really? And wow. it's both a little bit okay. The I don't want to no, no spoilers, but the ending is a little bit disappointing. But the whole story itself is fantastic, and they simplified it. If that makes sense, so all the little shit that pissed oh. you off about Far Cry, they took it out. It's like they listened to all the fans. Oh, that's good. Cool. I like. I I really liked Far Cry games. I've played literally every single one of them. Far Cry one through five. But um, the reason, and I actually have Far Cry six. The okay. I haven't started it yet. Is just I've kind of uh, got that Ubisoft open world exhaustion. I know, like I'm yeah. just, you know, put the Assassin's Creed games and the, the Far Cry games and, and any Ubisoft open world game is just like, look at this map littered with icons. And Horizon is the same kind of way. It's a map full of icons. Um, I do like so, the way Horizon makes it a little more organic. And, and there's a lot of stuff in Horizon. You don't like, there's a whole mini game, like a board game that you can go around and play this board game against people in the different villages. I played it like once. I'm like, this is okay, but it's not for me. But oh my sure. God, like they developed this whole board game. You can buy special pieces for That's it crazy. all over the, the world and play all these guys. And um, there's almost too much content. But yeah, I got a little tired of the, the Ubisoft uh, open world uh, formula. But if you're saying, and I, but I do like Far Cry. And if you're saying Far Cry 6 is, is good and gets rid of some of the minor annoyances, then I, I should probably take a dive into yeah i'm the same way i'm sort of out like after far cry i i also have valhalla loaded up ready to go and i'm like i can't get into assassin's creed right now like you said like i'm all burnt out i'm i'm doing like i'm even playing ufc now like i just want mindless in and out just for a little bit before i start going back into that but the one game i do want to talk about before we get to the worst story of the week because right now i think it's probably if not my favorite second favorite ps4 game of all time Gardens of the Galaxy, my friend. This thing blew my mind. <laughs> I've heard really good things about it, but just kind of, kind of, you know, after Avengers didn't do too well, I just I'm no, like, throw that away. You can't even compare the two. <laughs> the story, okay. First off, I would love a movie based off this video game because the story was fantastic. I found and everything is just perfect. Like the combat is perfect. You could play that. You could play multiplayer if you want to. The story, like I said, is per- it's a perfect amount of length it's not too long it's not too short like you don't have to spend multiple hours in this like you and it's like i said it's story driven so there's certain parts where you make decisions and you see it play out literally hours later in the game that you totally forgot about and it's like oh that's right i did make this decision now that's why this is happening so there's sort of replay value but 
like you know what I mean. And I I do want to honestly go back and play this, but and the soundtrack, greatest soundtrack if you're an '80s baby of all <gasps> fucking time. I'm telling you, just for the soundtrack alone. Music, man. I'm going to have to check it out. I may have to wait until it like, uh, uh, drops for free on Xbox Game Pass or something. Ooh. But uh, yeah, I've, I've heard nothing but good things about it. Um, I don't think it sold well. but uh, Which I don't I understand. And again, speaking... the timing. I think it was partly because it came out after Square Enix's Avengers game that did not do well. And, or didn't meet expectations kind of even critically. And I think also because it came out at a weird time. Like, why not wait until Guardians 3 to, to drop a Guardians game? Like, I know... Like I know it's based it's on its own universe. characters. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like I know it's not directly from the movies, but still, like at least you have at least people are thinking about Guardians of the Galaxy at that point. So it kind of came out of this weird middle zone where I don't think anybody was really, you know, thinking or talking about Guardians of the Galaxy. And yet, I've heard nothing but good things about the game. Yeah. Everyone should check this out because I see a lot of sales on it too. Because that goes to your point that if if it, if you see a sale almost every month on the same game, that means the sales aren't yeah. doing that well, right? So yeah, yeah, if you see it, grab it, cop, do whatever you need to. Like the one thing that blew my mind about this game was the banter in between the characters while you're playing. Like I I don't think I ever heard a line said twice in this game, and it's a oh, twenty wow. hour game, so. Wow. Like, and just everything, like I said, you're walking and they just start talking. I'm like, holy, like it literally felt like I was watching an immersive sort of movie. It's crazy. It was just something different. Again, we're just so saturated with the open worlds with the hundred and plus hour experiences, multiplayer, like battle royales that this, I don't know. To me, it came out at a perfect, like speaking of odd time, I think it came out at a perfect time, tell you the truth. I gotta ask because people are, are going to kill us if we don't at mm. least mention this. But have you played Elden Ring at all? Or no, and I'm not going to because no. fuck hard games. I'm too old. <laughs> I have you can't see it now because I trimmed it a bit. But if I also let my beard grow, not as much as yours, obviously, but the white hairs, I don't need more. No, fuck that shit. Yeah. As soon as I heard what people were talking, I'm like, okay. When I first heard about it, I was like, I'm all in. But then when it came out, and I, I had to read the reviews because it's not my typical video game that I play. Yeah, yeah. So I was reading the reviews. I'm like, fuck, hell no. I'm good, man. I don't yeah. want to deal with that bullshit. What, how about you? Uh, like, I'm not a huge Soulsborne, you know, Dark Souls. That's exactly it, yeah. Bloodborne guy. However, I played Bloodborne um, almost to completion before I got hopelessly stuck on a boss i couldn't be and i played the uh, demon souls uh uh redo the one on ps5 okay i loved it but the thing is you got to be in the right frame of mind for games like that you got to be in the frame of mind where you're gonna get punished and it's gonna stress you out even fighting like like the most basic enemies is gonna stress you out one thing that kind of makes me a little more um willing to try elden ring is the fact that it is open world and you can go around and like explore and level up elsewhere until you feel more comfortable tackling bosses or you know do dungeon stuff so it's not like the souls the souls born games where there's certain choke points where you have to beat a boss to to advance right right so and, and based on that man and god the reviews are out of this world it has like a 97 or something i know like, like that's unheard of so all my buddies are playing it or a couple of my buddies are playing it and they're loving it but i'm like right now for me horizon forbidden west is <laughs> like if I tackle uh, a machine that I'm not really equipped for, it's tough. Like there are boss fights in Horizon Forbidden West that are tough. Not so much now because I'm way over leveled. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. I decided to do this like boss fight, this like kind of one on one, woman on woman boss fight. I'm like, oh shit, I feel bad for you. You have no idea what you're up against. 
Yes, lady. I'm level 15. I got every upgrade I could do to my. I got every melee skill unlocked. I got every bow skill oh, unlocked. And it was just, it was not too challenging. However, but you can in a game like that create difficulty by taking on machines, monsters that you're sure. not ready for. And that's it. But you can also fight lesser machines, or you can go and do like 8,000 side missions and get less leveled up and nothing can stop you. Mm-hmm. I don't. I gotta be in the right frame of mind for a game that's nothing but tension, and you know there's a lot of tension going on in the world right now. I don't necessarily right. need that exactly in my video games. I think I will get to it eventually. I'll give it a try eventually, just because I mean it's a phenomenon. You can't not play it. I think, but uh, yeah, right now I'm I'm good to let other people, uh, uh, you know, chip away at Elden Ring, and I'll I'll sit back and listen to their stories. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm in the exact same boat, my friend. Well, quickly too, we didn't even touch on it since the last time we talked. All the video game companies acquiring studios. What the hell's going on here, right? Yeah, man, I mean... Is that good or bad, do you think? The, the, the good part about it is that some of these smaller studios will now have resources that they didn't have access to before. Sure. But the bad part is, is consolidation like that in any kind of entertainment is not great. Like, I mean, we're lucky that Disney has chosen to make like quality Marvel sure. movies, quality Star Wars you know, TV shows and stuff. But they could just as soon just crank out crap and what's anyone going to do about it nobody else nobody else has access to those properties so it's never a good thing when there's that much consolidation i don't love it but um we'll have to see how it plays out right like i like the fact that some of these studios will have the the the, the backing and the resources i like the fact that activision might have to get their shit sorted out now let's hope um, <laughs> yeah now that they're they're owned by uh by Microsoft, xbox right? yeah like, xbox yeah yeah so that could be good i guess but i don't know man I don't know. I would rather, in a perfect world, I would rather see a lot of studios competing to be, you know, good and being inspired by each other and kind of being driven up by each other right. than see like two, three, four conglomerates own own everything. Yeah, no, and, and I'm exact same point. And the one thing I hate is going to be is it going to be a console war again? Where is it going to be exclusives yeah. on each console? Which I don't think so because if you're seeing like. MLB the show hopping now on the Switch and Xbox, and that's used yeah. to be a Sony exclusive, you know what I mean? Like, you never know. Like, now Sony owns Bungie. Does that mean Halo is done on Xbox? Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's so many questions up in the air, and who would have thought the original mascot of Sony, Crash Bandicoot, is now owned by Xbox, right? Yeah, and the original <laughs> mascot of the studio that made the original Halo right? is now owned by Sony. <laughs> it's all a mess. Pretty soon we're going to see Mario on Atari again. It's all over. <laughs> That's what I want to see. I want to see a Mario game on an Atari console. Like, bring out another Atari console, put Mario on it. And, uh, oh, and then the other thing that just happened as of this recording was the Sony State of Play. We both agreed. We talked quickly before the show. Nothing really to talk about on this except for, again, growing up in this era, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Kawabunga Collection. Finally, yeah. this is coming out. Everyone's been wanting sort of something like this. And we're finally getting it. I think sometime in t- this year we're going to get it. So how many is it? Is it nine of the, nine Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Exactly. It's a lot of the games. <laughs> yeah, it is nine. It is nine. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's awesome. I love collections of old games like that. So they'll be, this is going to be a gift to every 90s and 2000s right. kid who grew up with the Ninja Turtle like arcade games and, and NES and whatever other. Not NES, but, you know, like the, the old console games, the old arcade games. It'll be awesome. 
I'm just glad they didn't. I, I don't think the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on the NES is a part of this because I would have thrown that up no, against no, no, the no, wall. No, like, no. It's not going not quite that far. Back. But they did add the Tournament Fighters one, which was out of the blue because I don't think anyone was clamoring for that one. But that's a nice little throw in there. But it does have the classics like the arcade game, Turtles in Time. That one was good. The Manhattan Project, believe it or not, I actually enjoyed that one. So there's a few in there, and there's even other ones that I've never heard of, like Radical Rescue, Fall of the yeah, Foot Clan. Of, like, what are these? Some of them I've never heard of at all. Right? Yeah. So those are the ones I'm interested in. But I, I'm the same way with you. I love these collections. Actually, speaking of, I just finished playing was the, um, the Castlevania uh, Game Boy Advance collection on the Switch. Oh, classic. Nice. That was pretty, because I, I I never played those before, so to me, I was going yeah. in fresh, and it still holds up, man. I am I had a pretty good time with all three of them. The last one, I think, the uh, Aria of Sorrow, I think that's the last one of those three. Yeah. That, that one those is, are it, all great. Those is are, the best Those one. are all classics. Yeah. I mean, they're so influential on all, well, that's why we have a, you know, a, a, a Metroidvania genre, right? It's because Metroid and Castlevania were so... So uh, influential on on game design, level design going forward. But yeah, those those games are those games are awesome. It's hard, man. There's like not only other games coming out every month that that I want to play. Those games I want to go back and revisit, and there's just not enough hours. Like you know, I know. I'm kind of waiting for my retirement. Like I'm making. <laughs> well, hopefully, when I'm old, hopefully when I'm older, I will still have like you know use of my hands and enough reflexes yeah, yeah. to go back and play some of these games. Like you know. Um, who has time now? Who has time? I know that's what I'm waiting for too. I can't wait. Like, oh yeah, me and you both, my friend. Oh, and the last thing, quickly too. I actually played uh, when they had um, the online uh, beta for uh, Switch Sports, which is coming out soon too. Oh yeah, that looks really. Interesting. Oh, it's so great! <laughs> like, if you thought the Wii response was awesome, oh, this is like I don't oh, out of this man. world. It's crazy I how accurate believe- it is. I can't believe that, I, that I, maybe I, I, didn't, I don't follow this which news as closely, so I don't okay. know if this was rumored or announced before, but what a good idea. Like, it, right. it seems so obvious now when you think of it, but I never, you know, I never thought of it before. What a good idea to take, like, I guess one of modern Nintendo's most played games, Wii Sports. It, it is. like a pack-in with the Wii, right? Yep. And then and then updating with the Switch's, uh, you know, the, the, the Switch, the Joy-Cons, mm-hmm. motion sensing technology, and that's going to be a blast, man. That's going to be a blast. I'm stoked. Oh, yeah, they had um, – the ones I played, we were only allowed to play three. It was um, the jousting, which is – it's again, the one-to-one was awesome, but I don't, I don't – I'm not – I was never into those lightsaber battles and stuff like that. To me, it's it's too quick, and it goes by so quick, it's not fulfilling enough. And then the other one, the tennis was awesome, so that one was great. And bowling. Oh, yeah. Bowling. And bowling. They had um, like how – like Tetris 99, like the knockout. So every, every three frames, whoever – is like on the bottom fifty percent oh. gets knocked out until the final two. Cool. So that's Maybe, a pretty. Yeah. That's going to be fun to play online against people. So yeah, look out for that one. I'm, I can't wait for that to come out. Sweet. The only, the only modern video game that my mom ever played was uh, Wii Sports. My dad like, too. Yeah. See, yeah. there you go. Yeah. Well, no, actually, so no. He he played the Mario Kart Wii because I I made him do it with, like the steering wheel, so it'd be oh. easier. <laughs> So he actually that was did hard it. Hard to control that wheel, man. <laughs> well, he played the first level. What was the first level? The one that's just like the the oval shape. So that one was pretty easy for him. So at least he had. So he, I could say at least he played a Mario game for once. <laughs> Ready for the worst story of the week, my friend? Oh, hit me up. They're always <laughs> coming left field. Well, this one again. It's out there. How about this? Are you a Wordle fan? Do you play Wordle? Dude, I am a Wordle, Doordle. <laughs> 
uh, or, you, you, or even all the spin-offs you do. And Secadoral guy. I, in fact, the one I play now is, I think it's Secadoral, the one that's 16 worlds at once. Yeah. Oh, shit. Get out of here now. I am a Wordle guy, and I'm playing Wordle and Hurdle and <laughs> all the dolls I'm playing. Now. I know. There's so, so many renditions up? now out there. It's, it's, yeah. it's ridiculous. Okay, so, well, this week's story, oddly enough, because of Wordle, it probably ended up saving someone's life, believe it or not. I think I've heard this story. Did you? Okay, so, well, this week's story comes from somewhere in the States. It, it, I, I tried to look it up, but it didn't, really didn't say where it was. But it was where an 80-year-old woman who lived yeah. alone, okay, so you heard of this, was awoken yeah. in her home yeah. by a naked man drenched in blood and holding a pair of scissors. How crazy is this? That's not something you want to wake up to. Whether an eight-year-old woman or a twenty-year-old man, you don't want to wake up to a blood-drenched naked dude in your in your bedroom, unless I suppose you've invited him there. It's okay. So for for those people who don't know, so he he broke in while she was sleeping and held her hostage for about twenty-one hours until the police could arrive. The woman never called the cops and was saved because her family called the cops to perform a well-being check on her. Because she Got didn't nice. text her her results of the world of the day to, right. to her family. So the family was worried and that's why it happened. And it's like, oh yeah. my God, like, what are the odds? Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> That's wild. That's wild. Yeah, her family is like, you know, mom or grandma or whatever. She hasn't shared her world results for the last couple, three days. And then I think they actually checked the neighbors first the neighbors said like they didn't see anybody home and then they they, they did they phoned the police and the police went there and then she like screamed for help because she's being held captive in her own basement by this maniac so yeah that was that was pretty wild the guy who invented wordle like he sold it to the new york times for over a million bucks he right. saved a life like he's he's good for him man just good for him and it's so weird like this whole story from top to bottom and it just it blows my mind how Either this still happens and how it could happen to someone. Where Okay, so this man broke in around 9.30. And she's an elderly lady. She was sleeping by then, right? I don't know if you hold the whole story from top to bottom. But he was apparently holding the scissors and covered in blood and had scars everywhere around his body. So the man never attacked her. He lay beside her at first and said, don't worry, I won't harm you or molest you. So the woman in horror, poor lady, just stayed there. Like, what else is this woman going to do? And until he said that he was getting cold, so he grabbed her and said, "Let's go to the shower together." So oh. they were now they were in this shower together, and he still wasn't oh, satisfied. I didn't want to know these details. I didn't know any well, of these details. Well, she was still wearing her gown. It was nothing sexual, apparently. So he didn't want anything uh. sexual from her. He was just cold for some odd reason. So she was in there in the shower with him. It still wasn't enough for him. So he was like, "No, no, no! Draw me a bath. Let's take a bath together." So then they took a bath together. Finally, he was warm enough. But at this point. He proceeded and dragged, now he started getting violent. And poor lady had to deal with this for a little bit. He was dragged around the house. He started disconnecting all the phones and stuff. And then armed himself with even more knives. And then he trapped her in the basement bathroom where she was held there for 17 hours. No windows, no phone, no nothing. Poor lady literally did circles around to keep her entertained. So her blood was moving. Like she, like luckily this woman, I guess, was highly intelligent too. And just stayed there and whatever. But while this was happening, that's where halfway around the country, across the country, her family was waiting for her to send the word so they could brag that they bet the 80-year-old woman probably, not thinking that this was going on. And then they, yeah, they called the cops. So the cops show up. And when the cops arrived, they got the woman out, thankfully. But the man, again, he barricaded himself in the house now and held himself hostage from the cops. 
And then SWAT was involved. SWAT shows up and they finally tasered them through like a little crack in the house that they noticed. Oh, yeah? It's like pure movie stuff. Like, you can't write this shit. Like, and while he was walking by, they exactly timed it and they tasered him. And luckily, no one was severely hurt. But obviously, this guy's going to get charged for so many things. The old yeah. woman, she's fine. She's good. But it, but it's scary. Like, imagine, again, yeah. waking up to that shit, man. Fuck. It's like, like I would heard the, the, the basic details of the story, not the whole, like, everything that came out after. And it's like, <laughs> your, weird, your weird stories always horrify me a little bit. Like, it's they're consistently somewhat horrifying. Maybe I should so change I can, it like, to the horrifying story of the week. <laughs> what the, the happy story of the week? How about next time it's a story about how, like, a golden retriever rescued some, some bunnies. See, That's what I want to hear for the next weird story. I, I would want to, because I, oddly enough, I try and say <laughs> this is a positive podcast, but you know how hard it is to find positive stories? No one clicks on a positive story. That's the problem. That's right. That is the problem. I mean, there's all it's all kinds of good stuff happening in the world, but because nobody clicks on it or reads about it, nobody reports on it. So all we get all we get is clickbait that's that's nasty. Yep. But yep. you gotta remember the that the stuff that you see online does not necessarily paint the actual, you know, a picture of humanity. No. There's there's a lot that's of good true. happening out there we just don't hear about. Yeah. That's I, what I like to think of. I well, I hope so too. That's what keeps me going anyways. <laughs> <laughs> well Steve thanks again it's been a blast always catching up with you all things oh, yeah. pop related in this world plug your stuff if you will have anything floor's all yours my friend I got uh, as usual nothing to plug I've, I've been actually off social media for oh good uh, for you a long time now I've good been, for uh, you not, I haven't posted on Twitter or Facebook in months um, but I think that might change soon you know I got some stuff to to talk about um, not really work related my work my work is uh, got some kind of good work stuff happening right now but it's all kind of behind the scenes nothing that people would be able to uh, to read and 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 say oh that's you know that's what he's working on it's all cool stuff that's a little more behind the scenes but uh, i'll try and drag my ass back onto <laughs> twitter instagram at some point and people you know at least for a proof of life like i had somebody say the other day like i thought you were dead i haven't seen you post oh my god social media in months I'm like no nah, i just uh, you know this do it's bad shit happening i don't need to read twitter or or instagram or whatever tiktok's what i don't i don't make tiktok videos but you go I, on there, tiktok yeah. algorithm knows that i like you know funny stuff and and funny stuff with dogs and you know, <laughs> it, yeah the algorithm's got me figured out and tiktok's the awesome. mostly positive experience when i'm watching when i'm watching tiktok videos but yeah i haven't i haven't contributed to social media but like you know stay tuned i might have some stuff to talk about in the next month or so oh there you personal go. stuff personal stuff more than more than you know career stuff nice and for myself you can find me on instagram and twitter under finger styles you can follow the podcast on twitter the podcast app email us your thoughts suggestions comments anything you want to get off your chest at the podcast app at gmail.com please rewind to the top of the show support those fine sponsors because if it helps them out most definitely helps me out but please people the most important thing you could do at any time is rate subscribe review on all major platforms okay steve one last question before i let you go my friend yeah What's your wordle streak? Your longest streak? I gotta know. Step, stand by, caller. Let me look oh, it up right now. You know I'll what? Grab my phone and uh, take a look. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you know mine as well. I'm not proud I of gotta, it. I, if you're a wordle fan, you gotta you gotta try out. I mean, there are so many wordle multiples now. Octordle yeah. was was what one the? I was doing for a while, which is which was eight eight wordle puzzles combined, oh and now secadordle, which is sixteen. Okay. So you have tw- you have twenty one guesses to get all sixteen words. <laughs> get out of here! Man. I don't have time for stress. But my wordle streak—I'm just looking at it right now. Um, 
47 played, uh, 47 won. So 100% 47 max streak. Yeah. Oh, suck man. it, suck it. Oh, there you go. I got 53 played, and my max oh. streak is 23. My win percentage is 96. Oh, so did you lose one or two? What, Twice. That? Oh, no. You, you know what words got me? It was both times. It's when it's just off by like a vowel, and then you go down all of them, and then I just guessed the wrong one. One of the, I know well, there's one that, that sunk people because it was there were seven different letters, right? single letters you could insert in that word. Exactly. That would, that would, work and if you didn't happen to guess the right one yeah you're screwed i remember that one i can't remember the word but i remember that one happening that's tough and i think they do that on purpose they pick words that can have different you know well, like shape i think my thing was one the shape or shake or shale or you know it can maybe give you, you change one letter and you can get a different word so those are tough and my buddies while we we're talking one of my buddies texted me and said i want to know what you did today's word <laughs> so um, don't tell me what it is no i haven't done it yet i haven't done it i get the impression it might be a tough one today i guess we'll find out we'll find out On that note, he's Steve, I'm Steve, this is the podcast, peace.